My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Thursday the 27th of October. I'm Zara. And I'm Tom. The dust has now settled on the federal budget, the first of the Albanese governments. Tom's had some sleep and some time to digest it all. We're going to take a closer look at just one aspect of the budget and that is what was in there for parents. But Tom, before we get there, what's making headlines today? Well, Zara, in case you hadn't had enough of numbers this week, the ABS has released uh, its latest inflation figures for the year to September. 7.3% was the number. That's the highest level of inflation since 1990. It comes, of course, the day after the federal budget uh, had its own predictions about inflation. It said that inflation would peak at 7.75% at the end of the year. So we're certainly getting close to that number now. Medibank has confirmed that all of its customer data had been accessed in a cyber attack earlier this month. Data from health claims was also compromised in the breach, which could reveal details of customers' health procedures. Medibank's CEO apologised unreservedly for the breach, calling it, quote, a crime designed to cause maximum harm to the most vulnerable members of our community. Sportswear giant Adidas has cut ties with Kanye West following the rapper's anti-Semitic comments in recent weeks. The company called West's comments, which the Daily Oz has deemed unsuitable to include in this podcast, unacceptable, hateful and dangerous. They estimated the cost of cutting West out of the company would be $390 million Australian dollars uh, from their net income for 2022. And finally, for some good news, a 10-year-old girl has climbed all 282 Scottish Munros after beginning the journey as a four-year-old. Quinn Young climbed her 100th Munro, which is a Scottish mountain with a peak of over 3,000 feet, last August, with her father saying she wanted to climb every Munro before finishing primary school. Young said she felt proud of myself, but also a little upset because the adventure with my dad's kind of finished. How beautiful. All right, so Tom, there was a lot in the federal budget earlier this week and a lot to kind of break down. But one of the things that we've certainly been speaking about around the office is what was in the budget for parents. Can you just start us off by setting the context? Why has the federal budget included all these measures for parents? Well, Zara, it really comes in the context of, I suppose we're talking about cost pressures in so many different aspects of life and the cost of parenting children um, has been a really significant issue for for a long time, really, in Australia. And there's a gendered dimension to that issue as well. Um, We know there have been sort of lots of stats that have come out recently and stats over many years, really, that uh, in terms of the the caring responsibilities, unpaid care, and in terms of the decision to stay home and look after children, uh, that we know that still today, overwhelmingly, it's more likely in um, heterosexual couples that it'll be the mother that, that does that. Um, and that's got all sorts of economic impacts for, for, I guess, the participation of women in the workforce. That time out of the workforce often kind of is, you know, results in, in lost income. And it's a big part of debates about the gender pay gap and so many other discussions about gender equality. A, a lot of it really does come back to uh, a real gender breakdown in, in parenting. It's a big part of the story. And so there's kind of two, two places where the government comes into that story. One of them is in the way that the government funds and supports parents to put their kids, young kids, into childcare. 
Uh, and the other one, going back even earlier than that, is the way the government supports and requires uh, parental leave uh, when parents have newborns. And we saw some significant changes on, on both of those fronts in the budget. Okay, so what was actually in the budget then? So as I said, there were really two two main changes uh, both of them we'd heard about in the weeks leading up to the budget, but they were, I suppose, confirmed for us on Tuesday. The first one was a change to uh, parental leave. So over the next few years, the government plans to increase the, the mandated number of sort of paid weeks of leave for parents of newborns from 18 weeks to 26 weeks, which is six months. Uh, but as well as that, they're, they're keen to emphasise what, what's called a, a use it or lose it component to parental leave which is essentially it's something that, that Australia has had a very small amount of this in the system in the past, but it's common in, in other countries as well, where basically to access that full six months, um, parents have to, so again, in, in, in kind of a dual parent family, both parents have to take some leave to access the full amount. And one of the main objectives is, of that is supposed to be to encourage uh, more fathers, specifically in, in heterosexual couples, to take some of that leave and, and to, I guess, share the care responsibilities more equally. Um, and a lot of experts argue that there's a link when you have systems like that in, in terms of fathers taking more leave and then subsequently kind of for the gender pay gap. So that was one of the significant changes. There are sort of some other changes to just the way the system was framed to, to I guess, make it more gender-neutral language um, and to incorporate um, couples who are not heterosexual couples and, and, I guess, to frame the whole parental leave system in a more gender-neutral way. And then the other change was to childcare. So as I mentioned before, the government pays parents a, a subsidy for, for the fees to send their kids to childcare. And this was really a change to, to the rate of that subsidy. So the government sets, if you like, a kind of a benchmark fee, which it considers a normal fee level for childcare. It pays parents a certain percentage of that, depending on how much they earn. And this basically for, for 96% of parents with young children, it increased that subsidy. Um, and so essentially it's kind of a you know, wide range of benefits, including for, for families on low and high incomes, uh, that the government, at the cost of kind of billions of dollars a year, will, will pay additional subsidies for parents. We'll be back in just a moment. But first, a message from our sponsor. You mentioned a little earlier that this has been what can only be described as a political battleground for a very long time. How did the opposition respond to it? So the opposition is broadly supportive when we spoke to Shadow Finance Minister Jane Hume the other day, she said to us that the coalition would support these measures in terms of voting for them in the parliament. Uh, but it's fair to say they expressed, uh, I guess, a broader range of concerns, particularly about childcare. So on parental leave, their main complaint was that it, it, it takes too long to kick in, uh, that it's only, you know, 2026 when we'll get this full six months of leave. And so that was the criticism there. But when it came to childcare, it was really more talking about the state of the sector. Um, and so the point that Jane Hume made to us uh, when, when she spoke to us the other day was that, that you know, particularly in regional and rural areas, accessing childcare centres um, can be a really real difficulty. Same in inner cities often in terms of waiting lists and, and the really high price of, of childcare centres in, you know, in areas like that. Um, so a number of those sorts of issues. And then also, you know, something that we've heard about in recent months, uh, a workforce issue in the sector. Um, childcare workers and early childhood education workers are among the lowest paid workers in the country. Um, that's an issue that led a number of people from the sector to stage a walkout earlier this year, um, calling for, for better paying conditions, um, calling for, uh, I guess, you know, sort of action to, to value and pay those workers more, to attract more workers to the sector. Um, and that's certainly something the government is receptive to and recognises as well. So this budget did include asking 
uh, the ACCC, the Consumer Watchdog, to look at the childcare sector to figure out what can be done to address some of these issues. So it's it's something that both sides of politics recognise. And, and I guess alongside you know, funding childcare and reducing the cost for parents, there's that question about access and the sustainability of the sector that, that's a really important one to consider as well. Always helpful to have someone like Tom around to actually explain these things and to take the jargon out and to move beyond the numbers to just really understand how budgets and how policy that uh, is implemented by the government will affect people like you and I. So thanks for joining us, Tom, and thanks for putting in a stellar effort during Budget Week. If you, like me, learnt something from today's episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so that there is a TDA episode waiting for you every weekday morning. Have a brilliant day and, of course, we'll be back again tomorrow.